Hello and welcome to this new episode of CIO Leadership Live Middle East. And welcome today to Manal Alam, Digital Data and IT Business Partner at Merck Group in the Middle East. Hello, Manal. How are you? Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's our pleasure. Uh, Manal, you are well known in the region. You have been senior IT leader for more than 25 years already. You have been awarded uh, multiple times. But uh, tell us a little bit more about you, what we don't know about you, about Manal Alan. Uh, did you always consider to work in IT? Uh, let me tell you a little bit of a background. Uh, I really call it my Genesis story. Uh, I am from Egypt. My grandparents were farmers and uh, they were not, you know, owners of plantations or something. They were simple people. Um, education, you know, basic education was uh, was enough. But there was an exception. Um, the eldest um, uncle, my eldest uncle, um, he decided to pursue uh, higher education and then he became a teacher um, and then headmaster uh, in a school. Um, for him, education was extremely important to the extent that he adopted my father uh, because he wanted him, uh, he saw something in him, and he wanted him to uh, pursue um, education and um, find another alternative uh, career. And he sponsored him exactly like um, his other children, and my father studied um, engineering in a very reputable um, university in uh, in Egypt. And um, that was the same way that my father raised us. He raised us that we are equal, boys and girls, the same. Um, education is very important, family values and connections mm -hmm. and support we give each other. I picked up uh, engineering love and passion from my father. He used to um, study mathematics and physics with me when I was in school. And I guess that I, I felt like this engineering um, slash technology um, is something that I gravitate towards. And then when I, um, after I graduated from um, university, Technology and IT was a prominent field, and I felt like it's a logical continuation to um, the pre-existing passion that I have for engineering, math, and this bundle of topics. I must admit that it's nice to hear, you know, in the past, not everyone has the opportunity to study, so... It's always nice to hear when you come, you say, from a farmer family, they work hard to give education to their kids, their grandkids, and uh, it's amazing you took uh, all of that. Going to another topic now, Manal, uh, pharmaceutical industry has been there for centuries. Um, pharma companies needed to adapt to the new world. They yield that transformation, intensive use of technology, disruption. How are all of these concepts are, how are assumed in the pharma industry? Just like in um, the commercial world, there is a customer journey. In the medical world, there is a patient journey. Uh, the patient journey starts from 
preventing the disease. This is really the ideal scenario. And then if we could not prevent the disease, then um, let's try to early detect it. And then we move on to the treatment and post-treatment. Uh, technology can intervene at each stage of uh, the patient journey. Um, let's start with prevention. Um, the AI and the genome and predictive uh, AI models, they can allow us to predict behaviors of viruses um, and bacteria and even predict people who are prone. They have um, genetic uh, history uh, where they can or heredity uh, tendencies for particular diseases. Mm -hmm. um, AI is an integral part in the process of, uh, of R&D where you can actually make simulations. Let's say um, there is a particular environment, let's simulate the virus behavior, how many people are going to be infected, and let's simulate the vaccine uh, impact as well um, and how it will reduce the infections. Um, if we look at early detection, um, the uh, advanced image processing and the machine learning, they can contribute um, to the accuracy of analyzing scans to the extent that um, the AI analysis of scans can outperform seven out of eight uh, doctors. Um, it can, the AI can detect uh, mutations in, 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 in some of the cells, uh, any abnormalities, and accordingly, if there is a disease, it can be captured at an early stage. Finally, when we look at um, treatment, um, the online collaboration tools uh, that we have now, it allows doctors to do collaborative surgeries or advisory boards. Um, this would contribute really to uh, the advancement of the overall medical community, and it can be a teaching mechanism as well. Um, the wearables is another uh, technology when you look at the uh, pacemakers and the wearable devices like the Apple Watch. Um, there are also devices that can detect uh, the blood sugar, the hypertension, um, and even people who suffer from epilepsy, it can detect uh, the episode that the person is having an episode and they can uh, call uh, the caregiver to come and uh, rescue the person. Uh, Brain-computer interface uh, for artificial limbs. This is an amazing technology for people who are coming from wars or, or accidents. Um, now there are uh, prototypes for AI nurse. Uh, they have been used in Italy uh, during the pandemic uh, in order to do basic tasks like measuring of uh, the temperature and the blood pressure. Uh, so these are the things that we don't want the doctor to go uh, close to the patient mm -hmm. because we really want to preserve uh, the doctors. Uh, there's also compassionate AI uh, it's technology that can be given to terminal people to remind them with medicines um, or uh, to give them some counseling because definitely, they, if, especially if they don't have um, a caregiver with them. Uh, as mentioned, we were talking about health, medicines. Do you think 
is it much more critical in this sector to be disruptive? I think yes. When you look at um, all the medical technologies or advancements that we saw, they were disruptive. Maybe they didn't have an element of technology, but they were disruptive. Um, vaccines, the transplant surgeries, the, uh, the IV pregnancies, um, all of those things were breakthroughs. And of course, they were faced with uh, a lot of uh, skepticism. Uh, but without these disruptions, we will not have any kind of um, advancements. Um, we need to be disruptive and we need to take risks in a controlled way. And that's why we do have um, FDA approvals. We do have clinical studies that need to be done in a very robust and structured way. We have validation for uh, technologies. Um, so that's in, in the past, those disruptions were by the introducing of um, vaccines and new types of surgeries. Now the disruption is using uh, technologies like the examples that we mentioned. Uh, digitalization, involved, it means a huge cost. Uh, how do you manage to convince senior management to bet on digitalization and make the investments? The most important question that we need to answer whenever we consider a particular digital project is the why. Mm -hmm. What exactly this um, uh, technology is going to add uh, to our company? As of today, a lot of the technology solutions, they can create new products in the portfolio of the company. Like for an example, if you look at the metaverse, it's a new technology, but companies can um, select to be early adapters or even disruptors and shapers for uh, the landscape of the industry. Um, the metaverse, in theory, let's say you can create um, a factory or a manufacturing site um, in the metaverse, and then you can lease it to other companies who would like to uh, produce um, their products. Mm -hmm. um, metaverse is, is, is going to be very efficient because here it will include all the logic of um, how the machines in the factory will operate. And then using Internet of Things, um, the virtual world can manage the physical world and it's going to be with minimal uh, human interruptions. Um, the metaverse also can be used for physical rehabilitation as well. So here it is very important that we incorporate technologies such that it, it adds value, whether this is a new product or a new service like telehealth, for an example, or telemedicine. Um, or it's even used to differentiate um, our products. Um, and then after that, there are also digital initiatives that can lead to cost reduction or process improvement or mm -hmm. uh, improving compliance level. Um, so here it is extremely important to link the digital initiative to a particular value and of course to add prioritization. Uh, because we cannot do everything at the same time.
Manal, digital twins, health applications, artificial intelligence, as you mentioned, and many new digital concepts are being tested in the pharma industry. Which one are particularly promising? Why is digitalization such a game changer? Um, I think that AI is really going to be a game changer. It will provide a lot of assistance to the doctor uh, because as of today, the modern doctor, they have a huge amount of data. Um, they have uh, the genome, they have clinical studies, they have the demographics and census, uh, but then it becomes too much and overwhelming. They cannot really make sense or extract um, any insights out of this or even make predictions. Um, that's why AI is going to be very important in um, the clinical studies, um, processing scans like uh, we talked about and prediction of um, the mutation or the progression of, uh, of diseases, data mining. Um, I do believe that when it comes to AI, the main challenge is going to be, first of all, integrating the data together. Mm -hmm. And then the second is the democratization of data. As of today, there are entities who believe that they own the data and they don't share and they don't collaborate and they do believe that data um, is an asset to them. But when it comes to medical data, this should be for the greater good. Nobody owns Talking it. Talking about sensitive data. Yes, here it needs to be for the greater goods and it needs to be for, um, to collaborate together in order to uh, advance the medical uh, science. Mm -hmm. Another technology that I believe is going to be a game changer is the blockchain, um, because this is going to advance the supply chain. Um, yeah, I think that this is it, really. Uh, before we finish the interview, there is one more question that I will want to ask you. Manal, where do you see the pharma industry in the next, let's say, five years? The, the, the medical um, landscape in general is going to be focusing on the long term. Um, it's not going to be just um, one episode that we manage and then forget it and we move on. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be um, more predictive and uh, more personalized, that every person will have something that suits um, his or her condition or situation and lifestyle, many other um, uh, aspects. Um, I do believe also that supply chain is going to differ a little bit um, because as of today, or at least before COVID, um, there was high dependency on China and India for uh, the manufacturing and uh, supplying um, the uh, raw materials. But during the pandemic, the physical movement was a little bit difficult. So I do believe that um, maybe in the five years, pharmaceutical companies are going to start to search for alternatives. 
Thank you so much. Oh, sorry. Is there anything else you would like to share with us? Yes, um, I do believe that uh, pharmaceutical companies are going to be more focusing on sustainability, on the green manufacturing. Um, it is still an early topic, but I do believe that the pharma companies are going to lead other industries um, into the adoption of these principles. Actually, now that you mentioned that, it will be really interesting to know more about this because we have COP28 uh, here in the UAE this year. So definitely we are going to hear a lot about what every industry is doing in terms of sustainability and be greener. Uh, Manal, um, any last thing you would like to, to say? Working in technology is really amazing. I love uh, I love this career. Uh, maybe at the beginning, I was just influenced by my father. But um, whenever we implement a project and it goes live, I just have this euphoria um, that we can see the uh, idea transformed into something. We can see it with our eyes, a process or a product. Um, I do believe that we as a humanity, we need to start thinking about how to ethically and responsibly uh, utilize technology. Um, companies should not think only of the profit. They need to make money. Of course, they're not uh, charity organizations, but they need to start thinking about the greater good um, and collaborate more with each other. Um, and if I hear this many times already, so I know that uh, everyone is concerned about how we educate the younger generation in order, for example, with such an AI or now with ChatGPT. So definitely, it's not only people who work in technology, and not only a CIO who can talk about the ethics or the good use of these technologies. It's companies who develop these technologies who should help like parents or the younger generations because you work in technology, you know, but not everyone knows uh, know the right knows the right use of technology. Yeah, technology can uh, unethically be used to um, sway the public opinion um, or transform false information, um, or even um, integrate with the power um, balance or power players in the world. Um, and I don't believe that technology should be used in, in the politics arena. It can improve our lives and it can take us to unfathomable location. Um, so thank you so much. No, thank you, Manal, for sharing your experience, your family experience, where do you come from, why you love so much technology, the, where the pharma industry is going. It's been really a pleasure to have you today with us at CIO Leadership Life Middle East. Thank you so much, Manal. Thank you. Thank you. The pleasure was mine. Thank you so much.